changes. But I told somebody recently too, I said, you know, your hand is on the handle of the door called freedom. And you, you have turned it and you're starting to open it up. And sometimes it can take a while. You asked me that earlier. Sometimes it takes a long time to get to that point. But once you enter that door, you can come back in it. If you want to, you can go back through it. You're not, you're not going to want to. But you've broken down your preconceived ideas of what you think things should be. And you've walked through it. And that is a freedom that, that I, I love when they get to that point because it's their decision to open the door. I can open it. You can open it. We can tell them all the things that they need to hear. But when I hear people say, I, I'm lazy or I just can't, you made a decision at that juncture. You're not trying anymore. If you want to try, they have your hand to hold them through it. They have anyone else's that's around them, family, friends, there's a lot of different people, but you have to only, it has to come from you to make that decision, even if it's at one you know, centimeter at a time. Welcome back to another Rusty Move podcast. Uh, Chris is in the hot seat today. And back by popular demand, we have Linda French. And Linda is an executive coach. And I met her through one of my close friends, Michael Borza. And we kind of, I felt like we needed to expand on some of the stuff that we talked about in our first podcast. And, and Linda's an executive coach. She's been doing this a long time. But we started talking a little about, and the question is, is that, find the answer to the I don't know. And so explain that a little bit to the audience as we jump right into this conversation is, what do you mean by that? Well, over the last 20 years or so, it's really even been longer now, think about it. I find that when people tell me they get stuck, my job is to sometimes sometimes move people from where they are to where they wanna go. And, and, and they'll want to say, hey, Linda, I want to move off the mark I'm on, but I keep, I keep finding, I keep falling in the same trap of not moving, and how do I do that? And there's multiple different ways. I can jump right in if you'd like to, Chris, and start with what I refer to as, before I jump answer that question, perhaps talk about what happens between the mind and the body during the process of being stuck, Right. And I use this and I say this tongue in cheek in a good way, because I think if I could paint a picture for you, how it typically works for the mind and the body. Uh, what, do you have an example of where people might be stuck in an area that you hear on occasion that, that they're stuck and, and how I can help perhaps your listeners to get unstuck? Yeah. So in our space, obviously people are interested in having better health or I want to lose weight, mm-hmm. but I just can't get my mind wrapped around or I want to move my body more because I know it's good for me. So we hear a lot of I want, or I know I should, but mm-hmm. here comes the but. So that's always a big challenge when you're talking to groups and organizations, individuals, like everybody wants to feel good, but here comes the but, but, but that I don't want to, I want to have a I want to have a lifestyle that I like and, and that I might have to give up stuff or whatever. So there's lots of reasons behind it, but so that's really like, I'll ask them, well, so tell me, why are you not moving your body? Because if you move your body, it's great for mental health. Everything goes, helps you sleep better. You know, all the stuff that comes with that. And they'll say, I don't know, or 
I want to lose weight. What's holding you back? I don't know. So that was fascinating to me when you first came up with that. You're talking about like, why am I in this relationship that feels like it's toxic to you? Mm -hmm. I don't know. So again, kind of walk us through a little bit about, you're talking about the mind-body kind of connection, what where we get into the I don't know. So yeah. really, if you're explaining that to people, I think taking us a little bit behind the curtain might help people to understand that. Okay. So when it comes to people saying I don't know, especially when it comes to health or whatever it is that they feel stuck in, there's multiple other areas in business too that that happens and in personal life. What they'll do is they'll say, uh, they'll say, look, I don't, I don't know why it is. And if they understand how the body and the mind, and I think this really helps people, it certainly helps me when I get stuck, because I think all of us get stuck at some point in our, in our lives. So the way the body operates, let's say that you normally get up at eight o'clock in the morning, right? And you decide, okay, I'm going to be more healthy and I'm going to get up at 630 workout before I get up. And what we inevitably do is we put the alarm on. Our body's used to getting up at eight o'clock. And now I'm saying and asking to get up an hour and a half early. And I set my alarm and the alarm goes off. And now I've got to make a decision, right? And that's part of the problem. Your body is saying, wait a minute, we don't get up at 6.30. I like staying here in bed. But the mind's going, no, I made a decision. So that mind and body is having a conversation. And I'll give you another example in, in, in the running element, my running you know, area of, uh, of health is the body's telling you to, 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 to just, just listen to what I'm saying with the, with, the, with the body's resisting. So mind is telling you to do something the body's resisting. So we're changing the habit of the body. So here's how to get unstuck in that road because it's usually the juncture where people get stuck when it comes to exercising. They made a decision but they aren't following through the body saying resisting. It's the same thing at night. If you eat a heavy meal, sit down, watch television before you go to bed, we would call the proverbial couch potato, right? The body's saying, wait a minute, we don't get up after dinner. We stay here until bedtime. But your mind has made a different decision. So they have to get in sync. And you've got to get a time to get that body and that mind in sync. And the way to do that, and, and I, I use this motto all the time because I think it's the best motto when it comes to especially any decision that you've made, is Nike has the absolute best motto, which is just do it. The minute that you say, ah, or you hit the snooze button and we all do it, we've all done that, like, I don't know if I really want to do this today, I'll start it tomorrow. You don't even give it. If you say that once, you've lost 50% of your opportunity to get up. And if you hit that snooze button or to resist again, you've probably down to between 10 and 25% of chances of actually doing it, right? And then we turn it into guilt. Oh, I feel bad. And I say, let's just stop that. The second that alarm get up, I don't care if that's the only behavior you do regarding your health is to get up at 6.30 and you keep that pattern, your body is gonna keep waking itself up. It's gonna say, oh, I guess this is the time I'm supposed to wake up now. I have to follow the mind because we're not separated, but they are. So they're separated, but they're together. So when I like, I, I, yeah, I like what you're saying here is at least recognizing like, okay, I'm making the decision, but the mind and body aren't really agreeing to that decision. At least having that self-awareness that that's the case. One of the things we like to talk about sometimes is when people start doing these little baby steps 
they start creating these habits and they create this consistency and they start creating that the willpower because people say, I just don't have enough willpower. And reality is it's kind of a muscle we build. And so now we build the self-confidence that we're doing this. It's more, but I think the big thing for many people is they don't, they don't give them enough time and they try to do too much. And when you do that, it gets to be a little bit too painful. So I like that, you know, you're having the conversation, the mind and body have to now started agreeing, but you did make that decision. So, so again, is there more to that than I don't know? Let's say, for example, I'm in a relationship or I'm working in an organization and I know I probably need to make a change, but I still don't. Why don't I? I don't know. Okay. So, so in that juncture, in that element, we were going to ask, I'm going to ask you whether it's health or whether it's, you know, in this case to make the decision in a work scenario is going to, I'm going to ask you why, why did you make that decision to make the change in the first place? So if you have a behavioral change that you want to make and you've decided I really need to make this. And that's where that self-awareness element came in that we've talked a little about is you're self-aware that I need to make a change and I don't know how to make that change. So how do I start making the change to the positive direction, understanding why you need to make it. So let me go back for health for just a second. If I, if I say I'm going to be healthy because my doctor told me I have to, that's a fear base, right? Or I want to look like Chris Johnson because he looks really good and I want to look like him. Or, you know, my family told me I need to, those are not reasons for change. They're not a reason. What they're, what they are is you, you have to do it for the right reason. And there's pretty much one right reason, whether it's behavioral change at work or, or behavioral change in health, is the right reason is you have to do it for yourself so that you can affect other people, right? If I make a decision at work that if I, if I decide to go in with a better attitude towards work, what could happen if I do that? And the results will be, well, my life will get better. My coworker's life will be better. And I'll have, I'll have a better life, which reflects on my family's life. Now we've got a really good reason is to make that change, that change up. And I can give you an example. I had an individual in, in another area, not my area, another area, but he was trying to make some changes in his life and the changes, he didn't realize he'd gotten into the pattern of being negative, which is, a, a, it's actually an unconscious thing. We get negative if we're eating three things, a meat, a potato, and a vegetable, and, you know, there's three things, two things that are great, but one thing is negative. Some, most people will go on the, what's negative about the, what's on my plate, not what's positive what's on my plate, right? If you make a change to the positive, your brain, again, will follow. So it's an intentional change to, to, to redirect to the positive, right? So if I'm asking somebody to make a change, and I always tell them in the beginning, it's going to be a little uncomfortable. And you may not like me at times, and I'm okay with that because I know if I make you slightly uncomfortable, not majorly so, because I think that's not a motivator. If I slightly change things and you realize, okay, there's a result on that, then you're, you and I are going to have a, a, a nice, what I call a, a dance on how to make your, what you've asked me to help you change with to a positive. And the uncomfortable is, I want you to recognize you're going to be uncomfortable and that's okay. That's okay. So in the case with this gentleman that didn't realize he was in a pattern of negativity, he didn't realize it. He didn't hear it. So when I heard it, I'd say, this is what I hear you saying. Is that what you mean? 
And other people around you will tell you when you're negative. It's whether you have that awareness about it. Once that change occurs, then they'll say, yeah, I didn't realize I was doing that. So now we're going to switch it and make it to a positive. And, and, it, and it's just to have a change. It's the declaration. I really like what you said about um, diving into the reasons my doctor said it or whatever it might, my therapist said it or whatever it is, but really drilling down and finding out what really is the true reason because of it, like you said, if it's not for the individual, it's not going to, if I'm trying to lose weight for my spouse, you know, that's not going to probably happen. My yeah. spouse wants me to lose weight or whatever. That ain't going to happen or mm -hmm. whatever it might be. Also, I like the idea that this is a dance. And again, they have to understand that, you know, what, who are they dancing with? And most of the time we're dancing with, these, with ourselves. So we have to figure that out. But I, I, I think that's the challenge I find with more and more people. And, and we all have it, as you said, nobody's immune to it. We mm -hmm. all have these things that we feel like we should do, but for some reason, something holding us back. And right. I think the finding out really what, what that is, is huge. Yeah. And, uh, the and other question, you, I, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, in, in that space, having somebody not declare, well, you aren't losing weight because of this, or somebody else's reason why you're not doing things or making the change at work is not a reason either. It, it is you deciding what that reason is because it may be something totally different than what that person's suggesting. If I say, I wanna make the change because you know, because I was told I need to, you understanding your why helps you move forward. And that's really what we're here for. And, and, and the careful questioning, and I'll go back to it. You mentioned your why is this, is that still true? Is it still true that you wanna become healthier? You want to be a better coworker? Is that true? And if it's true, let's go back to what you declared and you decided, not me, I didn't decide that you need to become a better employee. You decided you wanted to become a better employee because of all the life changes in a good way. So let's go back to the basic and move forward. And I, and I think the other, what I'm getting the thinking from you is that when I do have this conversation, it allows me to kind of process it, gives me a little time to actually think about it. And then if I'm really now being more aware of it, I'm not even aware that I'm negative. Well, yes. if you're not aware that you're negative, probably everybody around you feels like you're negative, right? right. But if I now create an awareness and I start paying attention, like the three things on my plate, I'm not worried about what the negative is. I'm worried about the positive. That just kind of keeps pulling you in one way or the other. And I find myself sometimes I'm like, you know, why do I have this crummy attitude today? And if I just catch myself and I start thinking about what I'm grateful for and what's good in the world and what's good in my, you know, it really keeps pulling you it, as simple as it sounds. It starts pulling people in that. For example, I was talking to a group uh, two days ago and I mentioned that we don't move talking about mental health and motion creates positive emotion. So I was asking the group, so tell me why you are not moving. And one of them, Again, back to the guilt. Well, I don't have enough time. Do you have five minutes? Well, that's not enough. Well, I'm here to tell you, if you just can move your body five minutes and you said, gosh, today I'm really thankful that I got five minutes in versus, oh, I wish I would have got, you know, you can see we're starting moving in that positive direction and having that positive self-talk that leads into more positive self-talk. And, and I find sometimes we all are our worst enemies. Sometimes we just keep having these 
you know, bad conversations with ourselves over time. So let me ask you another question here. So I'm kind of getting the feel of your approach and your strategy, but how did you kind of come up with a strategy in getting people unstuck? I mean, what, what really prompted you to start using some of these, this thought process to get people to help them move in the direction they're looking to go? Well, when I started in the business, it was, it was, you know, I started out helping people increase business or they, they wanted to go to the next level, whatever it might be, what I found, what, what I kept finding much to you, you were just saying, they get stuck somewhere, either in a preconceived idea, a thought that they were either told or they should do or should have, would have, could have, as I like to say, or they decided that this must be what it is. So if I can break down that barrier and declare, wait, we can move this. If we break that, push that barrier aside and often say, let's pull that thought over here for a second. Tell me what your real thoughts are regarding how you want to go to the next level on the business. And what would that look like? Now I'm much more bought in because the preconceived ideas is that bump in the road that they get stuck on. And, and, and if I can clear it, now we can move them forward. So quite frankly, it was developed and I developed the idea because I kept finding people were not able to get to the level that they hired me in for because they're stuck. And so I became more behavioralist in deciding and asking a lot of deep questions as to where is that preconceived idea. So if a parent or somebody come along and says, you need to be more of this. Well, if you're not bought into that, you're doing that behavior out of, out of what somebody else told you to do, not because you bought into that behavior. And I want to pull it back a little bit. Go ahead. So you're you're so you're you're definitely spending a, a fair amount of time, kind of tackling some of these limiting beliefs. Yes, yes, and, and they'll t- I've had I have individuals tell me in their own ways. One one would say, Linda, it feels like you pulled me out of the pool that I just got used to, and you put me in another one. That's where the uncomfortable. Yeah, it was a good picture, painted picture for a word picture of how he felt. And he said, I'm swimming. And then I realized, wait a minute, this isn't so bad. And, you know, I, I, it's just the small changes. But I told somebody recently, too, I said, you know, your hand is on the handle of the door called freedom. And you, you have turned it and you're starting to open it up. And sometimes it can take a while. You asked me that earlier. Sometimes it takes a long time to get to that point. But once you enter that door, you can come back in it if you want to. You can go back through it. You're not, you're not going to want to. But you've broken down your preconceived ideas of what you think things should be, and you've walked through it. And that is a freedom that, that I, I love when they get to that point because it's their decision to open the door. I can open it. You can open it. We can tell them all the things that they need to hear. But when I hear people say, I, I'm lazy or I just can't, you made a decision at that juncture, you're not trying anymore. If you want to try, they have your hand to hold them through it. They have anyone else's that's around them, family, friends, there's a lot of different people, but you have to only, it has to come from you to make that decision, even if it's at one you know, centimeter at a time. So that quote right there, I'm gonna write that down. I'm using that, your hand is on the door and that door is freedom. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, that is so powerful because 
no matter what it is, now it's they have the freedom. And I think everybody kind of feels that like, oh, I'm free. Like my dog Floyd once in a while, you know, he's a Havanese and he's not his his dad is not really trained him well and whatever, but he, he's so loving and friendly and whatever. But, you know, sometimes my wife doesn't like to get him off the leash because he doesn't mind real well. But but sometimes I like to let him off the leash because he's free and you can tell he's free. And the more freedom he has, the more he stays around me. So it's interesting sometimes when you think about that freedom, you know, let the bird go and the bird comes back. But I think everybody gets the whole freedom thing, whether it's the freedom of having better health or a better career or better relationships. Um, but again, I think as human beings, behavior, it's the beliefs, it's all sorts of different things that get in our way, the self-talk that, that slows us down. And again, that's a big part. You know, in my book, Rest, Eat, Move, the first section is your health begins in your mind. It's the freedom. So yeah. again, if I would have talked to you earlier, I probably would have called it freedom to greater health. I mean, so I love the word freedom. Another question I have for you is walk the 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 listeners, the the viewers into so you're an executive coach. You work with so many people and their businesses and like you said, you're a behaviorist and you're trying to help people making these changes. But what does that really look like? What would be a typical, you know, how do people hire you? How long is a session? How often do you work with somebody? How long does it take for them to start seeing some real changes? Because I can share with you what, what we think and we, we talk about, but give me your approach to that. What's it look like if I did hire an executive coach like yourself? So when I started the business 20 years ago, it's coaching was not as, as normal as it is today. So I, I made it up as I went along. And I, did, I would say, they'd say, okay, Linda, we want to hire somebody to come in and help us. And it might be everything, like I said, increase business to have a better team, our functioning, our team wants to function perhaps better. Is there something we need? Is there something we're missing? And they're already successful people, but they want to take it to the next level. So we, I come in and I spend a little time with them before I bring them in as a client and, and identify what the need is and what needs to happen. And typically, my typical uh, week is I have only a set amount of clients. I, I only take a certain amount in at a time so I can really devote the changes that are needed. And we sit down for about an hour. I usually go, a lot of, I, I'd say half of them, some of them, not half of them, some of them are face-to-face, -face, some of them are uh, Zoom. I've found over the years, especially the last couple of years, Zoom is just as effective and uh, and even the telephone. You know, it just depends on how well we're going to click. But I usually will meet them in person on, you know, on purpose and we'll identify what the need is. And then they're going to be in control of that meeting. I'm going to come in and I will have had, I, I don't like to give homework because I think a lot of seasoned individuals don't want me to give them uh, a lot of, a lot more to do, especially if they're C-suite or they're own their own business or whatever it might be that they're at that level. So, but we will give them certain things at the end, by the end of the session, it will be something that will help them with one more step forward. And, and I'll give you, you know, for instance, we just had a good case is working on a situation to help a client, their client move forward, right? Large, large scenario, they wanted to help their client move forward and he was stuck. So their, my client's client was stuck. 
Mm-hmm. And, and they said, Linda, how can we move them forward? How can we change our behavior to help them move forward? And it was careful listening on my part. I'm looking at everything from why do they want this client to move forward? And I'll tell you what the answer isn't. It's not because I want them to. So I, I have a saying, if you do it for the right reason, success always follows, always follows. So if it's for the client's reason, in their case, their client's client or whoever it might be, or their employees or whatever the situation might be, if you're doing it for the right reasons, they will catch your vision and they will follow you based on that. And it's a little uncomfortable. A situation came up where they were moving their client to the next level and the client was comfortable, but they knew that they were doing the right thing. And I had a phone call and they said, hey, this is uncomfortable. We're making our client move forward and it's not feeling comfortable to me. And my direction and my suggestion, I should say, was don't blink. Don't blink. You blink. You just told them you're not strong enough to help them through. So don't blink. And hold steady. It's good for them. And and prior to that comment was, why are you doing it in the first place? Are you doing it to, you know, for, for, for whatever reason, person, people might help other people. And his comment was exactly what I hoped for. He said, it's for the client. I said, okay, then hold. Because it's for for you. Yeah. You can't go wrong if you're doing it for the right reason. Right. Right. And successful follow, you got to be patient. Sometimes I look at our business and you know, you don't hear the, the follow-up like you expected or wanted. And sometimes the more I'm patient, it just starts to happen because I'm reaching out for the right reason. Yeah. And I'm not forcing the issue, but they know I'm trying to help them or I try to convey that. And then all of a sudden I just sit back and if it's meant to be, it's meant to be, but they know I'm there to help them. But I think sometimes when you force the issue, you know, is it my agenda or is it really their agenda? And to me, when they realize I'm just a tool, you're the hero, we're just trying to help you. Um, I think that's, that's great advice you say, said there, because it's taken me a long time to kind of feel that way. I'm like, I don't know why they're not, but it, then I asked my, is it for me? Of course, in a, a selfish way. Yeah, we want to do more business with you. But really, at the end of the day, when we're doing the right thing, we're trying to help them. Then, exactly. and they genuinely think that way, you know. Exactly. And, and success follows. In your case, if I were to, I, I know you, I, I, I can't imagine what your exercise schedule is, but I'm pretty, I'm, I'm going to guess it's pretty, pretty, um, pretty well put out. You have know exactly what you're going to do each time that you exercise every day. If I tried to match and I wanted to become you and exercise at the level, you spent years getting to this point. If I stopped you, if I said, all right, Chris, I want you to stop exercising for two weeks and you can't do it for two weeks, your body is going to scream at you to get out there and do whatever you've been doing, right? Because that's the way you've said it. So if you and you and, and, and I and all others try to move people farther than they're ready to go, they are going to have a failure and, and they're going to wonder, why can't I do it? Well, I'm not built like you and that's okay. And, and you're not built like me right. and that's okay too. So moving them for the right reasons. And, you know, when, when I run a marathon, um, you know, I, I was running a marathon. I might've shared this last time, but it's worth repeating. When 
I ran a marathon. There was a young lady that, you know, if you've ever ran one, you usually run with people that are about your speed, right? And I'm running in a pack and there's a young lady and she clearly uh, had a, a hired a running coach and the running coach was moving during the full marathon to different points and coaching her from the sidelines. And I heard him say, move your arms faster. And, and he just, yeah, he was saying, move your arms faster. And I thought, wow, that's such a brilliant comment because your legs right now are doing the work, right? During a marathon, you're tired. It's your legs and your core. They're working hard. Your brain's trying to keep you motivated, but what's not working really hard is your arms, right? I mean, they're moving, but they're going with the flow of the body. So his theory was correct. If you move your arms faster, your body will, will fall into place, right? It'll force you to move faster. I mean, if, if you don't believe me, go try to run, move your arms slower than your, your leg, your, your right. arms, right? Yeah, it's, it's genius, right? That's so smart. And I thought that's brilliant. And I literally ran a faster race. I thought that was brilliant coaching. But she had to still swing her arms at her level, not at her coach's level. And because he was clearly a better runner than she was this way as a runner's coach. So he 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 told her, so it's the same thing. So you switch it over to your business or, or health is you move at your own pace. But if you choose to, if you go through the pace and, and you know, one of the questions is answer the question to the I don't know. I think one of your folks there at, at your office said, well, what does she mean by that? By how do you find out the answer to that? I don't know. How do you discover that? The way I do it, the way I teach people to do it, because I think it works, is going with the mind and the body need to work together, is I'm probably going to go for a run. So if I'm stuck on something and trying to figure out why don't I move to the next level on whatever it might be, I'm going to go for a little bit of a walk or a run. And the reason why I'm doing that is because I want my body moving if my body's moving, my brain's more relaxed, right? So when my brain, because right now I'm 61 years old, I've got, when I was younger, I didn't have all the stuff that's, you know, the computer, we didn't have that. So my brain didn't work nearly as much, didn't have to, as it does today. Your brain needs a break. And I think that's one of the reasons why there's such a sleep issue in today's world is the brain isn't taught how to shut down. If you're exercising and you're working out, it forces your brain to, to quiet, to be quiet. You'll hear runners say is the zone, they'll, they run it, they'll run two or three miles and don't even realize that there's they're running two, they ran that two or three miles because their brain relaxed and it just calmed itself down. And I find during those calm moments, I can say, why is it you don't do that? You know? And and because I create this environment where my brain just rests a little bit. It's it'll come to you during those quiet moments. That's typically where the answer is. It's it's when you're doing something. Could be doing the dishes. It could be, you know, woodworking. Whatever it might be. Whatever mm -hmm. keeps your body motivated to do things. But it's in that quiet moment. And often, you know, for this individual that was trying to not be uh, coming across angry, is he realized it was something when he was growing up. And he said, I, I, Linda, I never knew it. It, 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 it. I got stuck there. And so my question to him is, are you ready to move off of that? He said, yeah, I never realized I was stuck. So once he heard it, heard himself say it, it became much easier to realize that I need, I, I can change this. I have it within my being to change this. One of the things in my first section of my book, I, I talk about behavior change and 
we get into the mind and, you know, we've, people have listened to our podcast before we talked to Dr. Phil Nirenberger and one of the things mm -hmm. way back in the day. So we talk about the mind itself. And when you think of the mind, you have the conscious mind. So you're actually intentionally trying to do whatever, but we can't do that all day long because it would exhaust us by 10 AM. And then you have the unconscious mind. And now, now that's where habits are formed and built and that's where they live. But what you're getting at too is to really get into the, the, the whole unconscious mind, which is the big galaxy of like, how do I get unstuck? Or you have to have that, that space. You know, that's why we're in the shower or going for a walk or run. And we have these amazing thoughts, but how do you tap into that more often? And so again, you have to give yourself that, that space. We talk about pace and space. You have mm -hmm. to give yourself that to allow you to tap into this amazing galaxy. And so I think what you're getting at right here is if I'm trying to get unstuck or I don't know, I have to start thinking about this because some of those answers are going to come to you and, 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 and they, they'll come to you at the times you're not really expecting. If you give the brain, you know, the mind enough time to, to kind of calm down and relax. And that, again, that's one of the greatest things about movement and mental health is that it gives the mind, you know, some, some downtime and we're not doing enough of that. So I think that's, you know, that's really well said because I, that's what I find for more and more people are like, what the benefit of movement? Well, the benefit of movement, everybody thinks is about losing weight or what it does for my body. In reality, it's, you know, what, what it does for my mind. And the more I can get my mind wrapped around, if I just move for a little bit, it's like a little break for my mind. It doesn't have to be a half hour, an hour or hard, hard workout, things along that line. So, but I think this gives me some clarity on the whole being unstuck that really you have to have that conversation between the mind and the body. And then, yes. you know, I, I make a decision and if I make it smaller and I don't try to overwhelm myself, yeah, you have to be a little uncomfortable, but really what's causing you to be unstuck and really it comes back to what you said at the very beginning of that, what is your reason to change? What, why do you want, what is it behind the why? What is it? And it's gotta be your reason, not anybody else's. Yeah. So with that being yeah. said, is there anything else you want to share before we kind of let you go? Yeah, you, you would ask me um, habits of successful people. And there is a there is a common denominator. I was like, what are the common dominant denominator? Sorry. When we talk about successful people, I had a company, uh, they asked me to come in and say, hey, what, what is it that people are doing that we need to learn better? And it's interesting because they do have a common denominator. I always love to hear what the common denominator amongst, amongst successful people are. And I, I sat down, I really had to think about it, but I really love this because you touch base on a good section of this with what you do. And, and you know, you have this wonderful book that's all set up and it's a clear path on how to become what you want it to be, what you, can, what you have declared and decided what to do. And one of the things you can do toward before we end the first section is at the end, if you still aren't, if you're still stuck, if you're still stuck and you are not, and you're recognizing you're really not motivated to make the change, you can do something that'll help you. There's one, one more thing you can do and that's decide to not do it. It's very hard to decide not to do it. 
If you say that you're going to do these things and I keep trying and I hired Chris and his company and they, they're telling me to do all these things and I feel stuck. If you decide not to do it, you're, you're saying I'm embracing that I'm not willing to make the change. And sometimes you go, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not. Because, because of course, if you decide not, if you don't decide to do something, you made a decision to do it. I want you to make a clear decision not to do it. And I want you to tell me, I choose not to do this. And, and are you okay with that? And if you are, I'm going to leave you alone. You see, but that's a so, very hard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's the price of a mission right there. I mean, that's gold right there. I've never, ever thought about that. That I deciding not to do it. I'm going to use that over and over. And that to me, okay, you've, it's not my decision. It's your decision. Or in my situation, maybe I keep saying I want to do something, but if somebody came back to me and said, Hey, you've decided not to do it either. Yeah, I'm good with it or I'm not good with it. And I find probably more and more people would not be good with that decision not to do it. So, but again, now it's in their lap, which you met before if do you want me to keep talking about it or let's just let it go? And I, you said that in our last session, which I really thought was so valuable. Like we're going to keep it over here, but, but you now this is the no, this is a whole nother level. Like, Hey, we've decided not to do it. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. You know, I used this as an example years ago, but I had a, a really amazing human being. I love this guy, but, he had kidney issues. His GFR was low. And the doctor kept talking to him about, you know, you keep doing what you're doing, your kidneys keep going down, and you're going to probably be at dialysis at some point in time. But anyway, so one day he comes in, we're training. And he's sharing with me his numbers about his, his kidney function his GFR, and it kept dropping down. And I just asked him real quickly, because he said, you know, he's asked tell me about it, blah, blah, blah. We've had this conversation 100 times. And I said, let me ask you a question. How much wine are you drinking per week? He sat there for a second, looked at me, because we've had this conversation multiple times. And he said, um, I don't know, probably three or four glasses a night. Mm -hmm. so, so let me get this straight. Are you drinking 20 plus? Yeah, probably drinking 25 to 30 glasses of wine a week. Oh. Okay. So you mean to tell me right there, that you have, you're drinking and you're not really making a change. So let's just, let's just, let's forget about this conversation. So I walked away again, kind of the same thing as you've decided not to do this. So I walked away and we started doing something. He goes, I'm not, I'm not done talking about it. I go, sure you are. I'm done talking about it. And it was hitting like a ton of bricks. Like I want to keep talking about it. I go, what are we talking about? And then from there, he decided that, you know what? I need to make a change, but I never have done that the way you actually presented it. I've only done it a few times. Like, Hey, we've talked about it enough. We don't need to talk about it anymore. That's exactly and then, that's when I'm going to say that, so you're deciding not to do this. If it's, if that's the, your decision, then we're going to let this go and we're going to put it over here. I'm not going to bother you about it anymore. So yes. I, I will use it in that tone because to me that is so, <laughs> Now we're flipping the switch and then they get to choose whether we're talking about it or not. Cause who, who wants to be badgered? 
know, nobody wants to be badgered, right? Right. And, and what I found too is that they know me well enough, and you're built the same way, Chris. You and I come from cut up from the same, you know, piece of paper. Is we're here to help people. And I want to help you, but the last thing they really want is for you and I to back off. Because if we back off, that's because you made a decision. Not because we made the decision, you made a decision. And that's what good coaches do is, is you ask the right questions until they made a decision. And it's okay either way. I'm not going to judge you for that. You're not going to judge your, your, you know, your client for that. But you don't want success. If you come to that decision, if I force you to be uncomfortable, in this case with this gentleman, he chose to be, he's chosen to do that. But Hyde's could be, I'm assuming, I don't know this gentleman, but he's hiding behind other things that he's doing in his life. But what really matters is to, is to get off of that, that, in this case, wine, that matters to him and his life depends on it. And, and, and you back is, up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think the, his life depended on it. And then we started looking at back to what you said at the beginning, you know, what are your reasons? Yeah. You know, what is, why do you want to be healthy? Why do you want, you know? And so I think that's, and again, it's interesting way you're saying this because I haven't phrased it this way, but I've had a couple of clients lately that have pretty severe health issues and they want to do the workouts, but they don't want to do the nutrition piece. And so I'll bring it up and talk about it, whatever. And I kind of in a roundabout way the other day to one of my clients, I just said, Hey, if you want to address this in the future, cause it's really important for your health, but if you want to address it in the future, you let me know, but moving forward, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you, you know, basically I didn't say this, but I should have, but you've decided that this is not important to you. And I won't bring this up anymore. Is that, right. is that what I'm here? So That's it. That's it. Yeah, it's, is, it's not done intentionally. To, I'm, I'm not, I'm not upset. You're not upset. It's just a no. decision. And you've declared that decision. I'm going to declare it and I'm going to respect that. Cause that's the hard part. You know, because when you are built and created to help people, you it's very hard to let that go, but they still have to make the decision. And and rarely do I ever come to that. I, I can't remember last time I came to that, but they usually are saying, I will, now they're back in the game and they'll say, I'm going to go for my why. I said, I'm going to do this. I'm, go I'm going to do this because you're right. I made the decision unconsciously so to stop. Or, or and, and not do it. I'm not allowing that to occur under my watch. And and they respect that. It rarely, rarely happens, but it doesn't leave them in a in a mucky, you know, area where it's not very clear. It's very clear you've decided. And I think that's the amazing, you know, conversation. It's it's not mucky anymore. We're not in mm -hmm. the middle, we're not waffling. We've decided we're gonna go here or we've decided not to go here. And yes. so to me, I think that's a really valuable point for the, the viewers and the listeners today is everybody gets stuck. But at some point in time, you know, either you're good with it or you say, hey, let's do some baby steps along the way and let's kind of tackle it. And we're here to help and guide you in this journey because everybody has their own journey to face. So yes. any parting yes. shots? So I got some really good gold nuggets today. Um, I really, I think you've helped clarify the, I don't know. And I really like that the very end is you decided not to do this. I think that's a, a way to kind of get out of the, the muck and really create some clear pathways to help people in their journey. 
again, we're all interested in trying to get people to feel their best and be their best. That's it. You know, you asked me about successful people because I know I mentioned that a little bit earlier. Successful people take care of their health. Everyone I work with in some format take care of their health. That's what successful people do, whether it's, and, you know, we can separate between financial and emotional, you know, success and, and, and you know, but they take care of their health. They're okay with asking for help. That's one of the reasons why they come to you in the first place, myself as well. They put their family first, right? They're okay with change. And that, that might, that is a sign of success and being okay with change and letting somebody push them a little bit and real conversations. But they're, they're always wanting to know more, whether it's in their time, it's okay, as long as they're moving forward, it's not going to be in my time or your time. It's, you know, we've been doing this for a long time. It's okay to make small changes, but you're okay with being uncomfortable a little bit. And that's what I hope that they, that they really embrace, because that means I'm here for you and I'm going to take, I'm going to take it to the next level. And, and I hope that your listeners, if they're stuck, do a little bit of research on your own, make it, you own it. You do it for the right reasons. And I promise you, you'll be successful if you do it for the right reasons. I think, you know, and, and as we wrap this up, again, back to success can be interpreted so many different ways, but I spoke to a group this morning and, you know, we were talking a little bit about that. The greatest asset in any organization is always people, but the greatest mm-hmm. asset of you is your health. And so, like you said, if you're looking at being successful, if you don't have your health and again, whatever success interpretation is, but you know, that foundation of pillars, and that's what I've seen along the way. And I think the other thing you're seeing that I've seen forever is that, that curiosity, that growth mindset, like, I don't know it all. And when we, we have a, when we have that mindset, if I ever have that mindset, I mean, I hope my, my wife or my kids hit me in the head because that's when I stop learning. That's when I stop growing. And really, that's where I think that people get excited. So that curiosity is a big deal and asking those questions. And I, f- I feel the same way. So if you said, what do you see in some of the people that are really making great changes, or they got to be uncomfortable, mm-hmm. they got to have a mindset of growth and curiosity, they got to understand the foundational pillar is, is taking care of their health. It's not about being perfect. And when mm-hmm. you start putting these all in place, then people start really becoming really more vibrant in their life. And I think that's the bottom line of this conversation today is like, how do we help people have their best lives? So yeah, that's it. We're in the same business but in that avenue, aren't we? <laughs> we are the, we're doing the same exact thing. That's why I want to connect with you. So and again, I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I have some really great information, good nuggets today. I hope the listeners and viewers have the same and I wish you all the success and, um, I probably will have you back uh, sooner than later. So again, have a wonderful day and and thanks everybody for joining and um, we'll see you next time. Thanks again, Linda, for spending some time with me today. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it.